The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here on a Saturday morning, a couple days after the NBA draft. We took a week off before the draft, but we are back and we are going to talk about what happened on Thursday. As the Clippers came in with pick number 25, they walked away with picks number 21, 33, and 51. So not quite just number 25 because they didn't even pick a number 25. Ended up wheeling and dealing. Lawrence Frank was busy. And to break it all down with me, the OC registers Miriam Swanson back on the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Miriam, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Great to have you back. So I'm sure you weren't expecting all of that wheeling and dealing on Thursday. You expected possibly to be covering one pick, maybe a second if the Clippers decide to either trade or buy their way back in. Were you surprised, I'm assuming, at uh, what you saw on Thursday? Because for the Clippers, it, it's one of those things where the draft has not been that kind to them of late. I mean, of course, Terrence Mann uh, was probably the best pick of the last several years. Were you surprised that they ended up making three picks? Um, no, <laughs> not especially. Um, I mean, it, the previous season, they, you know, obviously they didn't, they didn't do a lot of moving to get picks, but they made the big, you know, Landry Shamit, uh, Detroit, Brooklyn trade that also that brought Luke Kennard aboard. Um, and, and like the, all those second round picks, which went right back out <laughs> this year or a bunch of them anyway. Um, so I, I kind of always expect that the Clippers are going to make as many moves as, as they, maybe not as they can, but as, you know, <laughs> as they, you know, as they see fit. Um, so that's what kind of makes it fun and, and challenging to cover them is that you, you never quite know what they have up their sleeve. And, and, you know, like I, I was, you know, during draft coverage, you know, they, they picked Jason Preston at 33 and I told my editor, okay, so I've got this story. And he's like, all right, so we, we're done. And I was like, well, I don't know, <laughs> might not be yet. And, and then they weren't. So yeah, uh, not all that surprised, but, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how these moves work out. Cause like you mentioned, you know, they, they haven't, you know, been a hundred percent on the draft the past few years. I guess the reason why I was surprised is the, the way the roster has been constructed over the last couple of years it seems like they want a couple of spots for the likes of a DeMarcus Cousins or a Rondo mm-hmm. that you end up acquiring at the deadline. And by doing this, obviously, you still have Amir Coffee, you have Jay Scrub, and then you have these three guys that you drafted. It seems like there's not many holes there, or not many spots, rather, for these guys. So it's going to be a battle royale, I guess, to try and figure out who's going to get these roster spots. Of course, you do have the G League team, and that will definitely right. come into play because you've got a lot of youth now on this team, which is something that, frankly, they've needed because we've talked on this pod recently that everyone, it seems like, is 30 years old or over on this roster. Mm-hmm. So they need some youth. So I guess that's yeah. the surprise to me is it seems like you are wanting guys to contribute right now because there is a win-now mentality. But at the same time, Miriam, it does seem like they're also looking towards the future and trying to build some youth into guys that could be contributors, maybe not next year, but down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's sort of what Lawrence Frank said in his, his post-draft comments uh, to the media. 
is that, you know, I mean, the, the Clippers often talk about they want to be a sustainable championship contender. And his point was that, you know, <laughs> you have to have sort of players cycling through their their careers, right? Like you have to have the older vets, but you also need to have young guys who are coming up so that um, you can have sort of, you know, development. And, and, we, and we've and we also seen how, how good the Clippers development was even just last year. So um, that's, I guess, part of the process is sort of having these young guys sort of making their way up. And, and if you pick three guys that you think, you know, you know, hope or, or hope that, you know, can, can become competent NBA players, um, then, then you take a chance on them. But they definitely needed some youth. I mean, the Clippers were the second oldest team in the league and like the second slowest team in the league. And, and, you know, they weren't exactly like a high flying act, you know, I'd watch like warm ups between like Portland and and the Clippers and like, you know, like right before the game, like the layup lines and (laughs) the Clippers were like, look like, you know, the old team. And then you'd watch these other teams just, you know, put on a show and you'd be like, they could use a couple of those guys, you know, knowing, knowing like, how their lobs often look during games too, you know, those, those plays. So um, it will be interesting to see what, what, what these guys turned out to. But um, yeah, I, I think your point is right. That, that they, the infusion of youth um, will matter if they're going to continue keep this up. Yeah. You got old man Batum uh, going off uh, and somehow rising a couple feet off the air or off the floor <laughs> to try and come up with an alley that goes over his head at times totally which is spectacular in its own way yeah of course absolutely (laughs) and 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 you made a nice little segue there where you talked about the athleticism and let's kind of go in order um the most interesting story obviously is with their second pick but let's talk about the first pick they made with keon johnson that they trade up from number 25 to number 21 and normally if you're going to trade up just four spots there's a guy that you really think will be taken in those mm-hmm. next couple of spots. And so you want to trade up. And at, frankly, that's what the Clippers did with SGA, where they ended up right. trading up to get a Shea Gilgis Alexander. So they get Keon Johnson, who was mocked eighth overall by ESPN just one month ago. So mm-hmm. clearly the kid has talent. I believe he slipped because of possible medical issues. But I, I talked to a friend who watched him play at Tennessee, said he's got incredible athleticism, very good defender. His shooting is not great, but it seems like that's something they could try and teach him. It does seem like you can teach a guy to shoot if you get the right mechanics in there. So what are your thoughts on Keon Johnson? Because it does seem like he is exactly what you just said they need. A guy that is a high flyer, that is high energy, that will bring some much needed youth and energy to this team. Yeah. Uh, I, that, he definitely fits the bill in that regard. Um, I, as far as shooting, yeah, I mean, he he <laughs> was like you know kind of a poor shooter in college. But um, uh, if you look at like Ter- had the improvement of Terrence Mann's shooting, even right, like in his couple years with the season, with the Clippers, um, if if he can, you know, who knows like how how good of a shooter he could become. But the coaching is there, and and the you know the sort of the framework to to get the guys, you know. And, and then also the Clippers, like, you'll get lots of open shots <laughs> with Kawhi and PG out there, and that, you know, can can help too, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, he's, you know, he set an NBA combine record with, like, a 48-inch vertical. So I, for one, I'm very, very excited to watch this guy play basketball. Like, I think it's going to be really fun. Where do you think he fits in with this team? Because you've watched this team, obviously, a lot. It's interesting because this is a guy in Keon Johnson that, 
I believe said he models his game after Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Um, and, and let's not forget that Kawhi Leonard wasn't particularly known for his shooting initially at San Diego State. Um, at least that was the rap on him. Six foot five for Keon Johnson, shooting guard. So he's not that tall, but also has the athleticism. Where do you think he fits in on this team? Yeah, I mean, I find that, you know, he's obviously said he's models his game on Kawhi and everything from the defense to like his demeanor, um, which I think is pretty interesting. And and I think it's interesting just across the board that more like that people look at Kawhi and say, okay, I'm going to like internalize things and sort of (laughs) bring this like laser focus as opposed to, you know, maybe previously you get the, you know, the, 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 players idols or you know the more boisterous and vivacious players and and i think it's really interesting to see like this new generation of like Kawhi, the kids who've studied Kawhi and sort of this efficient way of playing so and and being maybe and i think that's pretty cool um so that combined with like the crazy athleticism i think would be really interesting um how he fits in i mean he you know if you like, I, I don't know what Amir Coffey's future with the Clippers is. I think, like, his, his two-year, two-way thing is up, so we'll see what they do with him. But, you know, if if he's, like, the next season's Amir Coffey, um, you know, he can he can do what he does at this, you know, explosive athletic way. Um, maybe work on a shot. Obviously play great defense, or what is expected to be great defense, and sort of like a wing role, which, you know, most of the Clippers are wings, <laughs> it feels like. So, um yeah, I think that's kind of like what they're looking for from him. So we'll we'll see how it works out. I don't think you're going to get as many puns with uh, Keon Johnson as you got you with know, the New York Coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> that man. Uh, yeah, that would be a bummer for sure. Yeah, Ho- hopefully uh, Amir does well. I'm assuming that Amir Coffee will be on their summer league roster. Um, yeah, and then so their summer league roster actually should be a lot of fun because they've got some youth on their side that they've drafted recently. So there are, there are probably four or five guys to keep your eye on. Um, mm-hmm. So the summer league should be interesting. Are you going to go uh, watch them in summer league, by the way? Uh, TBD. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Still think trying to figure that out. By the way, for Keon Johnson, max vert of four feet was the best at combine. Like you said, by three and a half inches um, yeah. and just a fierce dunker. So, and, and you know, yeah. I like to see when a guy says he's defensive, defensive minded first and that defense yeah. opens up the offense. So that's always nice. Yeah. And, and you get the athlete there. Now, now let's go to yeah. a story that I think is really interesting. And one that you just wrote about um, on the OC register. And you talked about what Jason Preston will bring to the Los Angeles Clippers. And this is a guy that was a former Pistons blogger that wrote <laughs> a piece on Reggie Jackson for, I believe, fan-sided. Um, he was, in your article, you talked about how in high school he didn't play a whole lot, and then he ended up extending a year to a prep school where he was shuffled around numerous different teams there, also didn't play very much there, and so he ends up putting together highlights of himself and posting them. And Ohio ends up snagging him a couple months later. This has to be a journalist dream to have a player like this come to Los Angeles Clippers. You got to be excited to be able to cover a guy like him, right? Oh, 100 um, percent. I mean, you're not you know, technically supposed to root for guys, but it's hard not to root for this dude with, with you know, <laughs> this route that he's taken and all he's been through. Um, it's um, like, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those stories where it's like, uh, it's too good to be true almost, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like, 
I asked him like when you were in high school did you like like come on coach like I'm I'm an NBA talent what the heck like why am I not playing like how am I not playing and he's like well our team was pretty good and you know I played with the rec center a lot so it was cool (laughs) and I'm like he's like you know deep down I knew I was a good player but you know you think of like Michael Jordan's I mean not that Jason's going to be Michael Jordan, but you know, Michael Jordan knew what he could do and was very offended that he didn't, you know, make his varsity team as a freshman or, or whatever, like, or yeah, even Shay like got cut from varsity early on in his high school career, I think. Um, but, but this guy is, you know, not, not that he's going to be on that level, but if he's, you know, good enough to get drafted in the NBA to, you know, have nobody have recognized it until just before he entered college, um, he was going to go to central Florida and study journalism as quote, a regular student. Um, and, and for no one to have seen that until then is amazing, you know? Um, so, and that he would believe in himself and, and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And, um, I, you know, I've, I've only seen the highlights and, and I know he had some big games in college and I've seen those highlights. Um, but I'm, I'm really, really curious to see how his, his skill set and his determination translates, um, in the NBA. You know what's interesting about a guy like Jason Preston is, and you just mentioned how he said, there's a bunch of other good guys on my team. I can guarantee you that most of those players are not in the NBA. So that, that, <laughs> that's what's so funny about this situation is you have a guy who ends up becoming a star at Ohio. I mean, he was really good and he helped them in their upset win over Virginia in the NCAA tournament. But for a guy like that to stay focused and not give up despite falling to the end of the bench and not playing a whole lot. I think, I think you mentioned that he only played um, a couple of minutes. It's, it's averaged like two points per game um, mm-hmm. in high school, his senior year. So it, it's unbelievable to see a guy who very easily could have given up and just stuck with it and ends up getting to this point. It, it It's interesting because Lawrence Frank talked about drafting character and mm-hmm. it seems like this is really the example of that right there, right? Yeah. I mean, Lawrence always talks about sort of like the, the Clipper DNA where, you know, obviously looking for like the, you know, the talent, you know, number one, but they like this hard nosed competitive spirit, um, you know, like the Patrick Beverly's have or Terrence has, um, you know, Kawhi and PG on their level, you know, for, for uh, you know, as far as superstars go. Um yeah, so uh, I, I think he fits in that. Um, we'll see, like, if his game is an NBA game. Um, he's not the biggest dude in the world. And like Lawrence said, he sort of has an unorthodox style about him. But I think that's great. I think that's so cool. And and, and that might be the thing that makes him stick, you know? So, um, yeah, so excited to see. It's interesting because he could play, it seems like, the point. He can also play the two um, mm-hmm. that people rave about his passing ability and his vision and he's also a pretty good rebounder i mean you look at his numbers and for a guy that can average i mean 17 points six and a half rebounds seven and a half assists and one half steals on 51 and a half percent shooting and over 40 percent from three in a year i mean that's really damn good and so when you get a guard that can rebound like that and also has the vision it's interesting Mm -hmm. because you look at the nba and you kind of see what types of players put up those numbers and DeLon Wright seems to be one of those guys that uh, the Sacramento Kings used to have. And now Atlanta just traded for yesterday where you can see him stuff the stat sheet in different categories. And so a player like that that can play both positions 
is just massive. Yeah. I- I'm sure you're excited to cover him. What are you most excited to ask him when you get a chance to finally have that journalism one-on-one that I'm sure you guys will get to hopefully for the first time in a couple of years this year? Because I'm sure you're excited to speak to him. Well, I got to talk to him actually for that story. Um, I talked to him right was after it, he was drafted. And was it was, a one-on-one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, that was, I mean, that, you know, thanks for the Clippers to setting that up. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's always like such a treat to talk to guys on, on a draft night or after they've been drafted. Cause it's like a moment, you know, it's, it's like signing day kind of, except even better. Um, it's like a culmination of dreams. You can just hear like in his voice, like just how incredibly enthusiastic he was and excited and, you know, um, you know, uh, these guys are generally like very cool individuals. Um, but, but <laughs> being drafted into the NBA, like breaks anybody down. And, um, and this guy, uh, obviously Jason was like, you know, over the moon, as they say. So, um, it was really cool. And I think he, uh, he's going to do it, it. It made you, you know, it gave you a sense of how much this means to him and, and, uh, and, and to all these guys, but especially to a guy like that. So, um, it's going to be real cool. I'm so used to everything being through Zoom and everything just getting set up through Zoom and you getting a couple of yeah. questions and that's it. So look at that. Finally, you're getting yeah, a, yeah. a nice little one-on-one. That's awesome. Yes, so, sir. So, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, geez. I mean, the last couple of years. It's... But, but your point about his rebounding, I think that that goes also to show sort of his like that effort. Like rebounding is so much effort, especially yeah. if you're a guard. Like you look at Pat Bev, right? Yep. Um, and, and I think that is so telling for, for what this guy could possibly bring and sort of just that effort. Yeah. And listen, it's one of those things where, yes, you need the skill to succeed in the NBA, but it really does seem like in order to get a roster spot in the regular season, if you try hard and you hustle and you're playing 100% level on every single possession, you're going to make it. It really does seem like that because there are so many guys Mm -hmm. now that take plays off and take possessions off. And it just seems like if you try hard if you're a guy like Terrence Mann that's going to fight even when you're up by 20 or down by mm-hmm. 30, you're going to find mm-hmm. yourself on the floor. So it's great to see a guy like Jason Preston do that. And I, I saw that he's not gunning for any of your guys' jobs anytime soon. So that, that, that's definitely a good thing. Uh, yeah. Although I would love to read I, – I, I like would love to – for him to keep a blog or a something, you know, of this first season, I, I would love to see what he came up with. Cause he seems like a pretty good writer. I read a few of his things and I was like, yeah, look at that. I like it. I was thinking that I was wondering if he could do something like that, you know, like a special uh, writer for a certain paper. It, it could be a huge acquisition. Listen, the free agent deadline is, <laughs> uh, is coming up here. And so you never know, you never know. No doubt. Um, let's yeah. talk about the final guy the Clippers got. And that is BJ Boston who ESPN I mentioned how Keon Johnson was mocked eighth by them in June. ESPN mm-hmm. mocked him at number three before last season started. So this is one of those major fallers. I mean, they get mm-hmm. him in the 50s, which is wild to see. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Yeah. Because that's crazy. Well, I think he had something like a, I think he had a broken finger um, in the offseason before he got to Kentucky. So who knows how that affected him. And then um, he obviously didn't have like a, a great, great season or, you know, he had his struggles at Kentucky. Um, um, but that, the first, I know the front end of their season was pretty stout with tough opponents. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. 
high, you know, college freshmen, I, I guess these days, college being a college freshman is like, you know, that's your one step before the NBA for a lot of guys, but also you're a kid still, you know? And so we'll see, um, you know, he, he's got like the, the, the Sierra Canyon, you know, um, ties. So he's from around here a little bit, or he's got, you know, he's not, he's from Georgia, but you know, he's been through here. Um, so I guess people around here probably saw him and, or the Clippers I'm sure saw him locally and, and know a little bit more about him. Um, but yeah, I, I think as, as last season wore on, he kind of seemed to get his footing a little bit and, you know, obviously he has so much talent and the Clippers have to believe in themselves as far as developing, having the ability to develop talent. Um, although yes, no, not all of their draft picks have worked out lately, but, but when they have, they have. So um well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's he's young and he, he's a project, but he's got, you know, a boatload of talent. And so why not try to get him when, if he's available? I mean, when you see a guy that's ranked as high as he is, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Michael Porter Jr. Because it, going into the draft uh, before Michael Porter Jr. was drafted, I mean, right after the, the one the year before, they were talking about him being possibly a top three pick. And then he got hurt. I believe it was his back when he was at Missouri, ends up falling to number 14. And he's been a really good piece for the Denver Nuggets. Of course, the Clippers um, ended up passing on him. And this kind of feels like that a little bit where a guy, and here's the thing that's going to be interesting about this draft, Miriam. It it feels like because of COVID-19, there are going to be guys that fall for no reason other than COVID-19 and the fact that teams weren't able to see them at the same level the players weren't able to train and they were thrown off their normal schedule it feels Mm -hmm. like there's certain talent that's definitely going to fall and like you mentioned he did have the broken finger that was suffered over the summer and also with COVID-19 restrictions it kind of prevented him from having Mm -hmm. a normal offseason so it, it does seem like this is a guy that could be a really good player for them and it's funny because talking to you about these three players this feels different than other drafts. It, it feels very different because we have talked about guys like Jerome Robinson and, and like Terrence Mann and Fee when he was drafted. And you look at the numbers and I, I don't feel like they have the potential normally of the guys that we're talking about now. I mean, you look at Boston and he averaged a team high tying 11 and a half points per game on about 35 and a half percent shooting 30% from deep with about four and a half rebounds, also mm-hmm. led the team with 33 steals, six games with three or more steals. Also, as the season went on, he got better, and mm-hmm. he hit 23 threes over the final 12 games, scoring a career-high 21 points with a career-best six threes in the regular season finale against South Carolina. So when you get that type of potential, mm-hmm. that's good. That's really good, and it feels like the Clippers are doing something they haven't really done in the past where they're going after – some guys that very easily, when you look back, there are teams that are going to wish they took them in the top 15. It's quite possible. I mean, time will tell, but you're right. Like the sort of the last couple of years are so out of whack as far as, you know, not being able to scout, being able to train, being just all the normal machinations of, of finding your way to the NBA. Um, so there's going to be a lot of guys who emerge that, you know, went later than they probably should have, or, or, or guys who maybe went earlier (laughs) because of that. Um, and you know, this is sort of a risk reward one for the Clippers, but the reward, you know, is definitely possible. Um, yeah. So, and, and like you said, like the potential 
there's a lot of potential with all three of these guys, but um, potential is potential. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what, you know, what the future holds. Folks, ever since I started this podcast, people are always asking me for betting tips. They're always asking me where you're betting, who I'm betting on. And I tell them, you know what? I'm betting on the Clippers and I'm doing it at mybookie.ag. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. Truly, they are the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets, my Premier League-related bets, which kicks off, of course, in just a couple of weeks. You've got the NCAA basketball that's always there. You've got college football that's just around the corner, tennis, golf, the Olympics, anything you want to bet on. If you want to play blackjack, they've got that as well. Casino games, horse racing, it's all there at mybookie.ag. It's really simple, folks. They've got everything covered. They've got odds boosts. They want you to make money. I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. If you need a little bit of help, hit up the guys at Hoopball Gaming. Devin hits up that department, does a great job with that wager pass. Go ahead and sign up for that before the prices get hiked up. So hit up Devin, hit up the wager pass, hit up Hoopball Gaming, and of course, hit up mybookie.ag. It's simple. Enter the promo code Hoopball. Get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. That is the promo code Hoopball. Get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie and it's also important when a guy has this much potential he's got to be surrounded with a good staff and that helps him mm-hmm. i mean it's you look at players around the nba and there are certain guys that have thrived and, and they wouldn't have thrived in certain situations i mean you look even, all over sports it doesn't matter which sport you look at and there's a guy who's a first round pick in baseball that he mm-hmm. becomes a failure but if he was put on a different team that may not have been the case i mean the coaching is so different across the board and different styles and so you're hoping that the Clippers can take what they've done with a guy like Terrence Mann and vault these guys to being actual rotation players. But obviously that's to be determined. And, and speaking of coaching, the Clippers look like they're adding Jay Laranega to their staff. And Laranega was on uh, Boston staff. He spent seven years as Brad Stevens' lead assistant. He coached with Ty in Boston under Doc Rivers. What are your thoughts on that move for the Clippers? Because they've obviously needed to make a couple of changes with several coaches leaving. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one. And then obviously Brian Shaw is another guy that they're thinking about bringing in. Um, they, they've lost quite a lot of their sort of their, their brain trust there on the uh, on the side line. But, um, but they're also an attractive destination. Um, to come and coach, you know, under for you know Steve, on a Steve Ballmer team with with Ty Lue, who seems you know to be so universally respected and, and beloved, um, and and is really you know respected as a smart smart coach and um, who who, <laughs> who proved it time and time again last playoffs. So you know, um, yeah, I, I mean, like I only know of Larry Naga from from afar, so it will be interesting to see. Um, what he brings, but I, I think, you know, it's, they, they lost Kenny Atkinson, who's huge in their player development and is kind of like the, the player was the player development guru, guru last year. But, um, I, I feel like he probably left in, left a pretty good blueprint for them. Um, not that it, it's funny. Cause we look at Terrence man and we go like, see, look how successful they were, um, in developing Terrence and, and, and also like a mirror as well, I think. Um, but I think, don't you shouldn't take anything away from Terrence because that has a lot to do with Terrence as well. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't just assume that all these guys are going to be 
Terrence Mann's going forward. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's right. <laughs> like that that is like best case scenario. So hopefully for them, um, but we'll see. Yeah, it takes a special type of guy to uh, achieve what Terrence Mann did. Um, for those of you that have heard the last name Laranega, Jim Laranega. Um, is Jay's father, and Jim was uh, the head coach of Georgia Mason during their uh, all their surprising runs in the NCAA tournament from 97 to 2011. He was the coach there, and now he's currently the coach at Miami, Florida. So there are certainly some uh, coaching ties to uh, in Jay's family. So we'll see what he brings to the Clippers if that ends up happening. And of course, he and Brian Shaw are bigger names, so it's nice to see Ty Lue reloading that staff. Let, let's finish up here. Miriam with free agency because we are just a couple of days before um, your hands fall off from typing way too much, whether it's tweeting or writing stories. Um, it's going to be a very busy free agent period for the Clippers. You've got to figure out what you're going to do with Kawhi Leonard, whether you're going to give him the max and what's that going to look like. You've got to figure out what you're going to do with guys like Sergi Baca and Reggie Jackson um, it, it certainly seems like, and of course, Nick Batum, the Clippers have mm-hmm. some moves to make. What are you most looking forward to once free agency opens? Well, I think the, the biggest question for not just the Clippers, but for all of the NBA is, is what Kawhi does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, his injury and, and you know, miss, he's, you know, obviously going to miss some months as he rehabs from a torn ACL. Um, notwithstanding, you know, whether, he opts in or opts out. You know, he, he's long said that he was going to opt out, but we'll see if that anything changes and we'll know that soon. Um, and then if he opts out, you know, what, is that just a business decision or is he actually going to sort of entertain offers? Um, and, you know, th- there's obviously been no indications that he's trying to go anywhere. And it seems like teams are proceeding as if he's not going to be available from, you know, the rumor mill. Um, but it's Kawhi and, one never knows. <laughs> so um, we'll see. But I think that's obviously the first and foremost, the, the biggest thing because the Clippers have put all their eggs in the, in the Kawhi PG basket and, um, and he's, you know, their sensational local star. So they very much want to, you know, keep him aboard for as long as they can. Um, so that's number one. Um, otherwise I, you know, there's, you know, Ibaka will opt in or opt out too. And, and he obviously also is injured and coming off back surgery. So we'll see what he decides. But Reggie and Nick were like so huge for the Clippers last year. Um, and there are quite a few point guards, you know, uh, that'll be free agents um, and not a lot of teams with a lot of money. So we'll see what, you know, who can offer what to Reggie and, and what he's looking for. Although he, you know, made it pretty clear how how grateful he was to the Clippers organization last year um and you know as he said that they empowered him um to sort of be himself and really you know have you know kind of the time of his life out there um and he you know obviously in a situation where he's playing with PG is one of his best friends but he's also like if you saw you know back to that the Miami game where, you know, he made the, you know, bungled and called the timeout they didn't have and the whole team like rallied around him and just really like he's found a good fit here. And I wonder how much that will, you know, win him over. Um, for, for us, he's a great quote and a great insightful source to have around. So I would love for them to bring him back for that reason. Um, that'd be great. Uh, Nipatum also really great guy to deal with. Um, and, 
it was so important so many times for the season for the Clippers last season. So we'll see what the market, you know, has for him. Um, you know, obviously Zauber in, in Tokyo, an Olympian at the moment. So we'll see uh, what he decides as well or what other teams, you know, he, he yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what Batum, you know, what offers he, he might get because he's so valuable and he can probably fit in just about anywhere. Although he really fit with the Clippers. So uh, we'll see if they can be able to manage to bring back all those guys. Um, it might be tough, but, you know, definitely some interesting developments ahead. I think Reggie Jackson is the most interesting player uh, on the list. Of course, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's going to leave, um, especially with the torn ACL. I just don't think that he'll leave. Although the only reason why I would see him leaving is if the rumors are true and that the um, he disagreed with the Clippers diagnosis and there's some disagreement with the medical staff of the Clippers and the guys that Kawhi has, and because that's the exact reason, really, why he left San Antonio. So mm-hmm. if he does leave, it seems like that will be the only reason why. Because what the Clippers did without him during the postseason, he's got to look at that and say, if I'm healthy, then this team's going to the NBA Finals. So it's one of those things where it does feel like if he leaves, it's going to be because of that. And if he does leave, then it's going to be a disaster. Um, and uh, honestly, I mean, you've mortgaged your entire future with all those picks and trading away SGA mm-hmm. and Gallo to get PG and to get Kawhi and to only really have Kawhi for one and a half postseasons. Um, and it's going to be interesting. It really will be interesting to see. But with Reggie Jackson, it, it's one of those things where, Miriam, it feels like there are some teams that throw funny money around, and you just look at the contract that Kennard got, four years, 64, and I feel like I don't see a team offering that many years to a guy like Reggie Jackson for how old he mm-hmm. is, so I think that's right. the only thing that really will stop him from leaving. I think that what the Clippers mean to him is going to be really important in this free agency. I don't see him leaving. I, I think they can offer him around 10 or $11 million per year. And it seems like that's going to be enough for him. And if he gets, let's say, a three-year, $33 million deal or something like that, I think that he's going to stick around. If you had to, if you had to decide right now and say, this is what's going to happen, when you look at all the free agents the Clippers have, and you look at Ibaka, Batum, Reggie Jackson, Kawhi, how many of those do you think stay with the Clippers? And if any of them leave, who do you think does? Um, I, I agree with you. I think Reggie, and he's such a philosophical guy Yeah. and, and sort of, you know, he's, he's about sort of, you know, he, he wants to live in the moment and he wants to be happy and he wants to enjoy, he wants to enjoy himself. And he found a place where he is able to do that. Mm-hmm. And he's been in places where he hasn't. So I think maybe his life experience will keep him here. I agree. I think that he, I, I'm inclined to, if I had to guess, I would, I would guess that they'd find a way to like you said something like that like a three-year 33 deal that that would make sense for him um i i, I guess like if, if who's most likely to go i mean you know i think batum also was <laughs> you know fit in really well here mm-hmm. but i think he really sort of put on display how valuable he can be and I, I wonder what other suitors might come um i mean if other coaching staffs were able to lure away assistance from from Ty Lue, like there's no <laughs> there's no reason like somebody might not lure like uh, a Nick Batum away because he could, you know, obviously it didn't work out great in Charlotte, but for the role that he played for the Clippers, he, he can do that just by anywhere. Um, so we'll see 
um, what he gets offered and, and if that's, you know, if that's more than the Clippers can afford. Hmm. Yeah. So, so do you think everyone returns? Cause it, it feels like Ibaka will return if Kawhi returns. And yeah. at least that's what I think. And I think Reggie Jackson yeah. will return as well. So like you said, it feels like Batum may be the only one that doesn't return. And if someone and does. And he still could. Because yeah. he also, yeah, it, he quite enjoyed, similar to Reggie, you know, he found a, a fit here. And and within that fit, not only did he fit, but the team was really good because of it. Um, so, you know, and he's made his money. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, so if you had to guess right now, Batum, is he on the Clippers when the season starts, or is he somewhere else? I mean, I'm not good at guessing. I'm on, sure. Miriam. That's Let's bring your... them all back. Let's run it back. Why not? <laughs> I'll, I'll make Clipper fans happy and say, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't... I, I think <laughs> that I they don't... can make it work. I think they can. I think if there is one player that's going to leave, it's probably going to be Batum. And uh, I could see him leaving for a team like the Lakers, uh, as crazy mm-hmm. as that is. It, it really does totally. feel like it. So. We'll see. Miriam, always a blast having you on. Go ahead. Where can people find you? Where can they read you? Go ahead and promote yourself. Um, follow me on, on the Twitter. At, it's at Miriam Swanson. Um, so M-I-R-J-A-M-S-W-A-N-S-O-N. Um, and otherwise, just uh, even more importantly, come read some stories at ocregister.com slash clippers. You can read everything right about the Clippers there. There you go. Have a blast the next couple of days because it's going to be crazy, but I'm sure it'll be fun as well. So enjoy yourself there. <laughs> Will do. I'll be, I'll be busy anyway. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you so much, Brandon. All right. Nice talking to you. Always great having Miriam on. Go ahead. Follow her on Twitter. Also check her workout at the OC Register. Boy, what a fun time for NBA fans. you got the NBA draft that's now in the books. Free agency starts in a couple of days on Monday at 3 p.m. But you know that teams are talking already and deals are already done. That's the reason why Woj is able to fire off those tweets and shams too at exactly 3 o'clock p.m. So you know that there's deals already done. We'll see what happens with Kawhi Leonard. We'll see what happens with Ibaka, with Reggie Jackson, with Batum, and what the Clippers do. And DeMar DeRozan is a hot name that is on the market. Could the Clippers possibly lure him? To L.A., it seems unlikely, but you never know. It really does seem like the Clippers need somebody, though. Um, And Lawrence Frank's great at what he does, and that front office is tremendous. So we'll see what they do, because no Kawhi letter next year, most likely, with that torn ACL, he'll probably be back. If he does come back, it'll be April, May. It won't be for a while. So they're going to need somebody to help out Paul George, because you can't have him going at the speed that he did during the playoffs for the entire regular season. And you got to give him some days off. Cause remember he's coming off those shoulder surgeries and he's still a guy that is an injury risk. You got to be careful because if he gets hurt, then you're really cooked support for this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at manscaped manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely and hygienically. You probably need a gift at any point for a hairy dad, a hairy brother, a hairy friend look no further and the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and the Ultra Smooth Package. It's perfect for you and anybody in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. I know you've used those scissors before. You've used those razors before to try and clean up below the belt. Folks, stop messing around with those nicks and those cuts. It's not great. What can avoid all those nicks and the cuts? How about the Lawnmower 4.0 7,000 RPM trimmer? Features skin-safe technology to keep everything in check. 
helps reduce accidents. It has that multifunction on-off switch, can engage in a travel lock, perfect for those of you that are traveling. Additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4 let you trim to your liking. It really has the best technology in the game. Go over, check it out, manscaped.com. They've got tons of different products that you can check out. They're all outstanding. 20% off and free shipping with code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code HOOPBALL20. All right, so we will have a podcast after free agency on Monday or Tuesday. Most likely we're looking at Tuesday um, that we'll try and get a podcast out. Uh, hopefully the Clippers have made some moves by then. If they haven't, then we're probably going to wait until the weekend to record something or the following week um, because yours truly has some stuff going on once Wednesday hits. So we'll see what happens. Um, I like to have a podcast out once free agency hits. We're not sure what the Clippers will do, though. This could be one of those free agencies where everything happens the same day or it could be one of those that's really drawn out. And for the Clippers, it, it may be that way because Kawhi Leonard is going to be a huge piece. And if the Clippers re-sign him, then that changes what the Clippers will be able to do um, when you look at their books. But if they don't re-sign him and he goes elsewhere and he takes meetings with other teams, then this could be drawn out. It, it could really be drawn out because there are guys that are going to wait most likely until Kawhi signs and then they'll figure things out. But everything seems to point towards the Clippers re-signing Kawhi Leonard. Like I said, the only reason why they wouldn't is because of some uh, miscommunication between the Clippers doctors and Kawhi's team. And that it's just been a rumor. There's no nothing confirmed that's been actual news. But if that is true, then it, you would see him leave most likely, just like he did with San Antonio. So we'll see. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. You can f- always follow the Hoopball Clips Twitter handle. Give us a five-star rating. Review the podcast as well on iTunes. It really does help us out. And we really appreciate anybody that has been listening. And also, of course, to our friend, our guest, Miriam Swanson. Big thank you to her as well. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus. And go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.